Good morning. Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church. Would you stand with us? Let's sing and remind ourselves of his faithfulness this morning. From the wilderness, you brought me home again. You have an all.
It hasn't always We believe this is true Your faithfulness that keeps us in your hands It hasn't always Amen, you may be seated Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church. My name's Simon, and this is my incredible sister in Christ, Abby Lay. Give it up for Abby over here. She's the, she's the better version of this announcement, I promise. We'll get to her. But I just wanna remind us of what it means to be a church that welcomes everyone that moves to Northwest Arkansas well. Just go with me here. The redeeming death of Jesus saves individuals like us. It creates communities who form redeemed people into churches who live as family with one another. Paul says this in Romans 15, seven, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God, amen? May we in this new chapter, and it is a very new chapter for Fellowship Bible Church, may we be the most welcoming people in Northwest Arkansas, we're the church, yes? With that said, change means, the word I like to use is opportunity. So here are some opportunities as we change, and here's what they are. Bentonville launches April 3rd, yes? Come on. Who's sitting out there thinking, let's stop talking about it, let's just do this thing? <laughs> yep, okay, I'm not the only one, all right. But as we launch, things change, and we will relaunch Fellowship Rogers, and we are excited, yes? It's time to do this, it just is. And with that, I want you to know that at 9 and 10.30, that will be your new Bentonville times and Rogers times, just like Fayetteville does the same thing. So 9 and 10.30 are when we will worship together on April 3rd, that's the beginning. Serve opportunities come with change. We need you. And I mean that, I'm not just saying it, like we really need you at Bentonville. There'll be a booth out there where you can sign up to serve and learn about how you can serve. And then also Roger Springdale will have a booth where you can learn how to serve. We really do need you. We need all of us to do this. We have a global opportunity. So you, everyone knows what's going on in the world with Ukraine, but here's where we're at as a church. We are currently making contacts in neighboring countries of the Ukraine to figure out how we can best help refugees. If you would like to give, give to our giving page, donate to our disaster relief fund, we'll keep you updated on how we use that. Can we all just be in on what we can do globally together? That's an opportunity. We will launch, this is fun, this is a cool opportunity also. We will launch the Gospel of John series, which I'm really excited about, for 21 weeks, starting next Sunday, and we have these incredible study of John books. So for 21 weeks, you're gonna open this and you're gonna have, it's gonna help you with your devotional life. It's gonna help you stay with our sermons on Sunday morning. And our team here, not me, but really gifted graphic designers came together and put this together. This is not my work, this is really good work. <laughs> and they did, and here's the deal, they did awesome. So please, it's $7 in the back. Get this, you'll start with it next week. I'm impressed by what they did. And now, I would love to give you a quote by someone wiser than me. The wise sage 
Reverend MC Hammer. You had no idea what you thought. You didn't know what I was going to say. If you don't know who MC Hammer is, Google search him. He's worth it. MC Hammer had this to say. We've got to pray just to make it today. And with that said, let us be a church that prays, and Abby is going to lead us. Thanks so much, Simon. What an intro, MC yeah. Hammer. I mean, come on. Hey, well, I, I feel like over the last two years, we have learned about our reliance on prayer in a completely new way, and that has come through our prayers for the end of the pandemic. But specifically, in student ministry, we have been praying that we would be able to take our students on spring break trips again, and the day has finally come. We're yes! here. Spring break, it's Thank back. Thank you. You guys get it. You get it. We need this. You know, this coming weekend, we will be sending hundreds of FSM students and leaders to different cities across the country. And what we would love is your partnership in prayer with us. These trips are not only a phenomenal opportunity for our students to grow in relationship with the Lord and with each other, but, but it's an opportunity for them to see firsthand God's heart for the nations. And what could be more exciting and important than that for our students? So as we go, we ask that you would join us in prayer for the spiritual growth, the safety, and the unity of our FSM students. And if you want to do that, you can follow this QR code. It'll lead you to Fellowship's website. And there you're gonna find a prayer guide that has specific requests for each trip that we're taking our students on. For our seventh through 12th graders, we have five different cities that we're going to, different destinations and trips, and we would love nothing more than for you to be covering those trips in your prayers, whether you're a parent who has students going or you're just a member of the body here at Fellowship. We covet those prayers, not only next week while we're gone, but, but we love them today. So if you will, join me in prayer for our FSM spring break trips. Father, we thank you for the students and leaders who have committed their spring break to you, Lord. We never wanna take for granted the opportunity that we have to join you on mission and to take our students on these trips. Father, we thank you for the families who have so generously donated in order that our students can learn what it looks like to live lives of service and humility. And God, as we send out our students and leaders, we, we simply ask your hand of protection over our kids. And, and that Lord, as our students learn what it looks like to serve and to grow together as they have fun, Father, we pray that they would become better reflections of who you are in the lost world. We love you, Lord. It's in your name, amen. Amen. Amen, would you stand? Let's continue to celebrate as we worship.
gather together, we gather to praise his name. We worship a savior who is the lion and the lamb. And we say, who can stop the Lord almighty? Who can stand in his way? Let's continue to sing of his faithfulness this morning. As you lift up your voice, we sing father of kindness. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought me out of darkness, you have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, you're my help in time of need. Lord, I can't help but see. Lift your voice, we sing. Yes, indeed. 
We believe this morning that true rest is found in Jesus Christ. So let's sing this over our lives and one another this morning that we will rest in his promises. And as we sing it, let's believe it.
song. It was written in a place very much like this, in a worship center, in a sanctuary. And the songwriters were just thinking about all the decades of faithfulness, all the people who've come throughout the years, lifting up their praise, their hallelujah to the Lord. So they sang that refrain, a thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more, looking back on the years of faithfulness and looking ahead and we also have this part of the story that as we gather here, there's people gathering all around the world to do the very same thing we're doing, to hear the word of the Lord taught and to praise his holy name. 
So this morning, we're gonna sing one more song and it's gonna be a song of prayer really over us this morning. And the song simply says this, Lord, for the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. Light a flame in my soul for every eye to see. For the sake of the world, burn like a fire in me. And as we stand on the edge, ready to jump into newness with Bentonville launch and the relaunch here and all these new things, just wanna take a moment to pause this morning as we hear John teach to ask the Lord, God, what are you calling me to do? Where are you calling me to serve? What is there in my life that is standing in the way of me growing closer to you and walking in intimacy with the Lord? And so as we sing, take this moment to pray. And as the plates are passed, we also get to worship through offering this morning. So continue to worship with us as we sing.
our prayer this morning. God, that you give us a heart of devotion, an undivided heart that is turned towards you in worship. And not just to worship when we gather together, but lives marked by worship, living sacrifices unto God. And God, this morning is a part of our offering and our sacrifice to you. God, as we hear your word this morning, would you challenge us to trust you more would you give us faith and help us to walk by your spirit. We love you and we adore you and we praise your name this morning. It's all in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen. Well, years ago when I started at Fellowship, I uh, was working in our community ministry in the city of Rogers, and I was a little overwhelmed. Um, Basically, I'd taken Scott Page's place. He had moved up to the team leader role. He was going to work a little bit in Rogers, but uh, I went and I printed out the number of people, and I can't remember the number, 500, maybe 1,000, I don't know, but we had, it was overwhelming, and I was the staff guy. And there were other staff people, but I was focused on Rogers. And so I, I went down to Robert Cup's office. And if you don't know him, he's our founding pastor. And he always has these incredible words of wisdom. Um, and he laughs at you a little bit and has fun with you. But I went down to his office and said, Robert, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. The, 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 there seems like there's so many people. And we basically have one and a half staff people. I, I don't know what to do. And you know what his response was? Welcome to the club, buddy. And then he kind of chuckled. He said, good luck with that. And that was it. That was it. Now, I don't know when it was, a few days later, a week later maybe, but he, he circled back to it. And he said, that's why we hired you. You've got to figure it out. You see, what he was doing was releasing responsibility and authority to what he thought was a qualified individual. And that's our culture at fellowship. We, that's called empowerment. That if you can, you can do some with something that seems to be as, almost as good or maybe 70%, maybe 50% as good as someone else, you release it to them. And that's what we're all about here. And in the weeks and months to come, we, we started having these conversations of what it would look like to release authority and responsibility to people who would have staff-like roles but would be volunteers. Maybe they have some extra time. Maybe they're requi- retired. Maybe, maybe they're, they're working part-time. And we, 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 we've seen that happen time and time again. We want to empower you. The big question for this morning is this. What are you going to do with what you've been given? What are you going to do with what God has given you? Your time and your talent and your treasure. That's the challenge before us this morning. 
Next week, we're starting a series, as Simon said earlier, in the book of John. We work all the way through the summer. We've got these incredible books. Our staff has done an incredible job putting these together, and we're so excited. Both here in Rogers and Bentonville and Fayetteville, we'll be studying this through this series together. But for today, today we're in our third week in a parable series, and here's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to, to lay a foundation, a foundation for the future. You're going to feel a tension this morning, maybe that you haven't felt in a while, or maybe you, you started to feel it, because it's a tension that we as staff and your, your volunteer leadership, we've been feeling. You see, you may think we've got it all figured out, but we don't. It's scary. We're, we're taking a congregation, and we're multiplying it into two. And it's a tension that's brought us to our knees, and it's a really good place to be. Three weeks from today, we'll be launching a campus in Bentonville. We've had a ministry there for a long time. Fellowship actually started in Bentonville uh, years ago and then ended up building the campus here, but we'll, we'll be going back to Bentonville with a facility. It's a really exciting time. We don't do that to expand our footprint. We don't do that to expand our brand. We do that and we pray that all the glory and honor goes to Jesus, that people would come to know him more and more. And our hope is that these parables will stir our heart to action, both inside the church and outside the church and the community to the ends of the church. And our big question today that our parable begs is, what are you going to do with what you've been given? A parable is a simple story used to illustrate a spiritual point. It's an earthly story where Jesus is trying to make a spiritual or heavenly point. And our parable today is no different. It's called the parable of the talents or parable of the bags of gold. It's located in Matthew chapter 25. If you want to turn in your Bibles, you can do that. It's part of the Olivet Discourse. It's a sermon that Jesus gave on the Mount of Olives. Matter of fact, we have a group from our church that's in Israel right now. Matter of fact, they're, probably, they're going to be on the Mount of Olives any day. They'll be standing near where Jesus gave this sermon. You're looking back on Jerusalem. It's an incredible place. And in his teaching, he was answering this question from the disciples about the end of the age and Jesus' return. They were really worried about it. And for a half a chapter, he talks about his return. And then for a chapter and a half, so half a chapter of verse 20, chapter 24, and then for a chapter and a half, he talks about what they're supposed to do with their time, what they're supposed to do with their talent, and what they're supposed to do with their treasure as they wait for Jesus' return. And the key word for today is faithfulness. And this particular parable speaks about faithfulness as children of God, as followers of Christ, and how it relates to the future. It begins in verse 14 of chapter 25, and it begins with this allotment of an incredibly large amount of money. It starts like this. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey. The it he's referring to there, if you look back at one of the previous parables, it's about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. So he, what he's saying is, again, the kingdom of heaven will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold. To another, he gave two bags of gold. And to another, he gave one bag of gold, each 
according to his ability. And then he went on his journey. See, in this particular story, there's a wealthy man. He's going on a journey. He's entrusting his, his large sums of money to his staff. And each according to his ability. And, and so what he's entrusting them is this word uh, talent, or in the Greek it's taliton, or we're, it's called bags of money in the NIV, but it's a, a unit of weight measuring currency. So it's like 60, these bags would be like 60 to 80 pounds of some kind of currency. Um, a lot of the theologians think that's gold. Think about 60 to 80 pounds of gold, how much that would be worth. And he gave one five bags of it. He gave one two bags of it. And he gave one one bag. And they were supposed to manage that for him while he was gone. And he distributed the money according to each person's ability. Let's see how they did with their investing. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag of gold, one bag, went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So the, the, the guy that received five bags of gold, the, the text says he went at once, and what did he do? He invested it. He may have had other things to do, but he put everything aside and he went to work and put his master's money to work. Same thing with the two-bag guy. He got two bags of gold. He went and put the master's money to work. The outlier here is, is servant number three. He handles it a little bit different, doesn't he? He digs a hole, puts the money in the hole. What kind of return on investment do you think he got? Hopefully he didn't lose his money. The owner or the master eventually returns, and it's a, it's a time of reckoning. It's time for the performance review. So let's look at performance review number one. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. Look at his master's response. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. We don't know how long the trip was. It's probably a long trip. We don't, it doesn't seem like the, the servants knew when the master was coming back. But this guy, he, he went to work immediately, put the master's money to work, and then he had... Five more bags to show for it. He did pretty good, didn't he? But look at the master's response. I think it's really interesting there. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. It's interesting to call five bags, five 80-pound bags of gold, I mean, worth millions of dollars, a few things. He said, what does he say? I will put you in charge of many things. Think about the comparison here. Come and share your master's happiness. Performance review number two. The, ma the man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. 
Even though he received less bags, it was the same uh, production. It was the same response. But again, the response was he was praised for his faithfulness. Performance review number three. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, went out and hid your money, your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. It's interesting. It's a totally different scenario. He got a 0% return, didn't he? A number of years ago, actually a couple years ago, how many of you remember where you were in March of 2020? You remember what happened? Yeah. What happened to us is everybody moved home. And uh, our, our family became six people at home again. And we just received a, uh, we just got a quote for a painting the whole inside of our house. And I'm like, man, we've got six people in this family. And so we painted the house ourselves in a weekend. It was incredible. Saved a ton of money. But the most amazing thing was, is one of the people in our family who was painting our house happened to be painting above a cabinet. And they reached on the cabinet and there was this envelope of cash, $1,500. Yeah, don't, now don't come to my house looking for money. You see, I'd put it up there when we were going on vacation one time and I forgot about it. And we're not rich. I promise. I'm very frugal. And, and, but they'd found $1,500 or $1,700. That was a crazy amount of money. You see, I had hidden the money and I'd forgotten about it. And that's kind of what the, the, the servant number three here has done. He's, he's hid the money. And, but here's what I think. I think he's hoping that other people will forget about it. What if the master doesn't come back? Who gets the money? It's kind of interesting, isn't it? Let's look at the master's response. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. He's not happy. So you, know, you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. Instead of well done, it's you wicked and lazy servant. Instead of faithful, it's unfaithful. He uses his own words against him. So you think I'm a hard guy, then why'd you at least put it on deposit at the bank? You see, I think there's a reason he didn't. It doesn't say here. This is just speculation. I think he wanted to keep the money for himself, perhaps. You see, I think if you back up, and you, this is totally speculation, but the master probably knew these guys really well, didn't he? He'd been working with them for a long time, and there's, there's a reason he entrusted the amounts to these two and the amount to this one. And here's what I think. Perhaps, perhaps this guy, servant number three, didn't even deserve one bag. I wonder if over the years he had been so unfaithful that what he deserved was zero. But because of the grace of the master, perhaps the master says, you know what, I should give this bag of gold to these guys, but I'm going to give him one more try. You know what that's called? Grace. Grace upon grace upon grace. Perhaps. Hey, by way of review, I've got a chart for you. 
of the three servants, one received five bags of gold, one received two, one received one. They each were given, uh, and they each responded in their stewardship. Their return on investment, two of them were 100%. How many would you be happy with that? Especially in this market, right? You'd be loving 100%, wouldn't you? And then look at the master's response. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You wicked and lazy servant. They're very different, aren't they? But here's two things I want you to know. I don't think it matters how much they were given to manage. And I don't think it matters their return on investment. I think what the master was concerned with was their faithfulness. And he's watching these two guys, who he's watched their life, he's watched their faithfulness, and they did exactly what he thought. They went to work immediately. This one, he was lazy, he was unfaithful, and at the very worst, he was actually wicked and trying to steal. I want to give us four timely takeaways. So I want to move from the first century where this parable was written, and I want to move into our time and say, hey, what are four takeaways we can have for us as a church, for us as individuals? The first timely takeaway is this. <clears throat> Being faithful is really hard work. It's hard. Sometimes you've got to miss out on the things you don't want to miss out on. Sometimes you, you need to do this with money, and you want to do this with money. It's really hard work. The first two servants went at once and put the money to work. The other one just dug a hole. He could have just as easily put it on deposit at the bank. Being faithful requires a sacrifice of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Being faithful requires you to, to think through things like that and do things that, that are harder. I want to challenge you to worship one and serve one here at Fellowship. We want, to, we want to challenge you to, to, rather than think of coming to one service and going home, make it a two-hour day and worship one service and serve one service. And really what it is, is you're worshiping through, in one service through song, through, through, through Bible teaching, through baptism, through communion, and you're worshiping in another service through serving. And here's what I think is going to happen, because it's happened to me time and time again, and I'll be honest, I'm not the greatest natural serving person in the world. But every time I go on a mission trip, every time I go and do something for somebody else, you know what happens, don't you? You end up being the one blessed. You go to be a blessing. I'm going to go and be a blessing. I'm going to teach here. I'm going to, I'm going to serve here. I'm going to take a team here. And you end up being the one blessed. You see, I think that's the X factor in the kingdom of God. That we, every time you go to be a blessing, every time you go to be a servant, you end up being the one blessed. We want you to worship one and serve one. We want you to help your kids to learn faithfulness. It's hard work, isn't it? Get them serving as well. Do whatever it takes to get them over in that building on Sunday mornings and in the cell group on Wednesday nights or Sunday nights or whenever their cell group meets. They're starting a new series today. You know what it's called? It's not the book of John. Did you get the email, parents? It's love, sex, and dating. They do it every year. If your child stays here through the whole time, through 7th through 12th grade, they'll hear it six times. 
And in a culture where gender's confusing and sexual orientation's confusing and it's incredibly growing and, and promiscuous behavior, you want them hearing that. Because it's the same thing you're saying at home. They're just a lot cooler than you are. <laughs> they have a lot of fun with it. You want them there. We live in a time in biblical history called the church age. You remember Jesus? He ascended to heaven. The Holy Spirit came. And then the church was born. And for some reason, God has chosen to use us. There's no they. Us to reach the world. But we've got to do our business within the church well. We want to be one of the churches in Northwest Arkansas that God uses to change this area and the world. Our, our dream is this, it's the vision statement for the church, to change the heart and soul of Northwest Arkansas and the world. We want to see amazing things happen. We want to do that by our mission, to produce and release spiritual leaders. We want to help you become a disciple maker. We want to empower you where you're gifted and where you're passionate and then send you out. And maybe it's here in the church. Maybe it's around the, the area or maybe it's all over the world. We want you to know the authentic Christ and be able to express the authentic Christ here, near, and abroad. And part of our job as staff and key volunteers is we want to push you. We're going to push you. We're going to push you to lead. We're going to push you to serve. We're going to push you to grow. We're going we're gonna to push you to multiply. And just so you know, we're doing the same thing. And we're really nervous. But what's God going to do? I think he's going to do something big. Timely takeaway number two. Your view of God impacts your faithfulness to God. Your view of God impacts your faithfulness to God. Think about the different views. The, the first two were very similar. The third one had a very different view of God, I think. And it impacts what you think, and I think it impacts your behavior. Servant number three said, I knew that you are a hard man. I was afraid. I think the first two servants, I think they loved their master. I think he had been good to them over the years. And this is just speculation. And they wanted to please him. They wanted to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Wouldn't you like to hear that from your master? I know you're starting to get the picture. When Jesus is compared to the master. We are compared to the servants. So which servant would you put yourself? It's a little challenging, isn't it? Your view of God impacts your faithfulness to God. Timely truth number three. Faithfulness, not performance, is the metric in the kingdom of God. Faithfulness, not performance, is the metric in the kingdom of God. The servants were rewarded not based on their return of investment, which it's easy to go there, isn't it? They were actually rewarded on their faithfulness. And the reward was incredible that he had given them a lot to manage. and he, The reward was incredible. But for the third servant, you're going to see in just a moment, it's incredibly costly. And I want to give you a warning. Some of you here think, here's what you're hearing right now. You, you need to be faithful. You need to obey in order to be approved. And that's not what I'm saying. That, that's not the gospel. That's not grace. That's actually what Tim Keller calls religion. You, 
the flip side of it is you actually are faithful and you obey because you're already approved. You're already accepted. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a gift of God, not by work so that no one can boast. And if you're here today and that doesn't make sense and you don't understand the grace of God, we would love to pray with you after the service. Right here in the prayer room, you need to make a decision to follow Christ. Hey, there's different spheres of influence that God's given us to be faithful. Um, I've put four of them on the screen. There may be more in your life. Um, but for most people, you got your family, you got your church, you got your community, and you got your world. By community, I mean where you live, work, and play, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, the person at the coffee shop. And then world, it's where we're going to be focused. And, and today, I want to zero down on the church. We're going to talk about the community and world in the coming weeks, both here in Rogers and in Bentonville. But today, we're going to focus just a few minutes on the church. At our church on a Sunday morning, it takes 364 volunteers to pull this off in this current three-service format. It'll probably be a little less once we multiply. But just say it's 300 here, 300 in Bentonville. It's going to take a lot of people, isn't it? And what we need is everyone in the church to step up and step in. If you're not a part of this group, if you're not a part of a, a community of believers that are holding you accountable and encouraging you, you need to step in. On Sunday mornings, we need to step up and we need to serve. We need ministry volunteers. It takes 134 early childhood uh, leaders. It takes 120 elementary leaders kindergarten through sixth grade. The cool thing, half of those are students. So you got, you got high school students and college students ministering down. It's an incredible thing. It takes 25 special needs, uh, disability special needs ministry volunteers, 10 for security, 30 for hospitality and greeting in the foyer and the coffee bar. And we need, we need everyone in the body to step in and step up. And we need you to ask the Lord, Lord, what should I do? You know, one thing I feel like I've done halfway decent, there's a lot of things I feel like I haven't done halfway decent, but one thing I feel like I've done halfway decent in my 19 years on staff here is I prayed one prayer. And I want to ask you to pray this prayer. It comes from Luke chapter 10, verse 2. When I would get overwhelmed <clears throat> every time, when it seemed like there was more to do than we had to do the work, <clears throat> I'd pray this verse. And what Jesus tells us to do is says that the harvest is plentiful and the workers, or I like the word laborer, it comes from the ESV version, the laborers are few. Here's what Jesus says to do. Then ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out laborers, to send out workers. And we need that right here, right now. And we need that in our community, and we definitely need it around the world. The statistic is <clears throat> that 60% of the people in northwest Arkansas don't attend church. And, that, and so 40% do, maybe 45. Um, I think some people tell fibs. But, um, <clears throat> so most of your neighbors are not in church. And we're getting ready to have a lot of extra space. And it's not, the goal is not to fill up chairs, although that helps, doesn't it? Because we want to see lives changed. 
<clears throat> Timely truth number four. Live your life like someone who will give an account. The, the, the end of this passage is really troubling, and I'm just going to let it speak for itself. Um, I'm going to leave it with you. But it, it's really troubling for that servant number three. It says this, for whoever has will be given more. And he's talking about faithfulness. And they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I'll just let that speak for itself. There's a time of accountability coming for all of this. And, and it will be challenged. And you need to figure out, okay, where, what servant, where am I fitting in? I want to close with this story. A dear friend of mine who I consider incredibly wise and has given me wisdom upon wisdom over the years, we were talking about the pandemic and just his pandemic story was this. He, he, there's a time when we weren't meeting as a church in person and so he would... Uh, he said, man, we can just get back to service. It's going to be better. He was struggling to worship the Lord. His, his, his relationship with the Lord was struggling. And then, and then we got back to in-person services, and we were wearing the mask. And he's like, it's not the same still. Maybe when we, we can take the mask off, that's when it'll, it'll be different. And we got to the point where masks were, are optional. You can wear a mask if you want to. You don't have to. And, and that wasn't it. And then he realized one day, he was actually here at service. He said, I realize what's missing. It's my, my kids. I haven't been teaching my kids. And he hadn't gone back to teaching uh, his four and five-year-olds or three-year-olds or whatever age they are because of some health issues. And he literally called his ministry leader and says, hey, I'm coming today. And he said, that was the difference. That was what's missing is when he stepped in and he stepped up. And, he, and that's the part of worship that was missing. Hey, we want to close our service just a little bit different today. I've got Mark Schatzman and Sam Hannon here with me. They are our congregational leaders for Rogers and Bittenville. Actually, the other way around. Mark leads at Fellowship Bittenville. Sam leads at Fellowship Rogers. And so what we're going to do for just a few minutes, there you are, is get their input. And apparently to be a congregational leader, you've got to wear a checkered shirt here. Is that right, guys? <laughs> and so... I'll just stick with mine. and, and Plaid's my yeah. favorite color. And so I want to hear from these guys. I've known them both for so long. Mark and I have coached basketball together. We kept each other from getting kicked out of basketball games. Sam and I went to college together. I can tell you some stories about him. And so I just want to hear from these guys for a couple minutes on their heart about what's going on. And so, guys, what are you most encouraged about, Mark and Fellowship Bentonville, Sam with the relaunch of Fellowship Rogers? Go ahead. You want me to go first? Sure. All right. Sure. Uh, for me, it's, I just believe we're all being invited into a movement of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I think God has dreams that far outweigh and outsize our dreams, and he's, like the Matthew 25 parable, he's inviting us in on that. Um, we've never measured the, the effectiveness of our church by size. We've never said a bigger church is the way to go. We've always said health is our passion. And the way we've always said health, uh, we know that we're healthy, is when we have more released leaders and more changed lives. And so, and that, by the way, is exactly what we're talking about here. We get an opportunity to join the joy of God and, uh, and, and be released into the ministry he's already doing. And then, Lord willing, new neighbors by the hundreds, 
maybe even the thousands, new neighbors from even across the nations will be joining us here in Northwest Arkansas and we get a chance to introduce them to the gospel. Uh, I just think God's inviting us into something so much bigger than us. Yeah, when I think about one word comes to mind is the word opportunity. If you've been around fellowship for very long, you know that empty seats are rare. And I feel like as a staff person that we've been chasing the proper care of those who come for 20 plus years. How do we care for all these people that are coming that are lining the walls and we've got overflow rooms and other services and that kind of thing. And on April 3rd, we're gonna turn into two rooms and both rooms will have some empty seats. And I just get really excited about that, that at the very time Northwest Arkansas is experiencing yet another population surge, we're going to have a, a place for them to come and find the Lord and experience depth and intimacy with Christ. And so I'm just pumped that we will be able to maybe change our mindset as opposed to what do we do with all these people? It's how can we go get all these people and invite them here where they can experience Christ? So I'm excited about empty seats. And so uh, inviting our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers to church, it, it gets exciting. That's awesome. Well, tell us, so three weeks from today, things really change for you. Things change for you too. So three weeks from today, what are you concerned about? Or maybe different wording, what do you, what keeps you up at night? You know, the, probably the biggest thing is that we would not... Uh, we would not have a spiritual home for the new neighbors who come and join us. In other words, think about your community group. Uh, that people would come and say, I wanna go through Discover, I wanna jump into a group, and then we somehow have an approach that says, sorry, our group is full. You know, as Scott McMurtry once said, TikTok, the game is locked. We can't have that approach to our small groups, whether it's in our high school cell groups or community groups. And so that the Lord would do a movement in us before he does a movement through us. And that is that we say, we're going to step out and lead some new groups. We're going to multiply our group. We're going to do some things that are a little nerve wracking for us. And that includes Sunday morning. Uh, Sunday morning will be an experience that people will uh, get a chance to walk in and say, do I fit here? And fit here won't just be, are there enough seats? But is there a place for my kids to go? Um, is there a small group for, for my student? Or is there a place, somebody welcoming me at the front door? So I think the worship one, serve one call has never been more timely for us. And by the way, I, I think the people who are happiest at fellowship, the ones who right now, you know this is true about you, uh, it's the people who serve. Uh, you look at the people who always love being a part of this church, it's the ones who feel like they're family. And in my home, you know your family when you do the dishes, right? You're a guest when you just eat and leave. Um, but you're, when you're family, you roll up the sleeves and you're kind of part of it. And, and so I, I, I look forward to seeing us make room that way. That's good. Yeah, John, I would say that another word that's coming to mind often is urgency. That recapturing a spirit of urgency, a pioneer spirit for fellowship. And a phrase I've been using is, there is no they. So if you're asking, what are they going to do when April 3rd comes? <laughs> There's no they. It's us. And, and we've got to step up and fill the need. So if I did the math right, it takes over 600 workers um, or 300 workers to, to run the campus. Two campuses take 600 and we need to multiply. And so that idea of stepping up and maybe re 
entering service, you've been off for a while, or joining the team. I do find that people who serve have joy because they serve the Lord, but also they're a part of the family and they're known well. And so just that sense of urgency. I know that just in our early childhood ministry, we need 60 workers by April 3rd. Our elementary ministry needs over 20 workers by April 3rd so that we can take care of the kids that are coming. And then, of course, hospitality needs and worship needs and all that. And so I get really excited about a new team that's forming. Yeah, I love that. You know, I've never had someone come to me at fellowship and say, hey, I don't feel like I fit in if they're doing three things figure out where they're going to worship and worship regularly, uh, join a small group and be a part of a, a life-giving small group and then, and then serve. And so that speaks to your point. Hey, I think this is the last time. I know you're going to be up teaching again before we launch, but I think it's the last time probably all together. We would love just to take the opportunity to pray for it. Sam, would you lead us in prayer? Yeah, hey, let's pray for Fellowship Bentonville. Let, let's let Mark be our physical representation of that <laughs> congregation. He's the one that woke up at 3.30 this morning worried about all this. Is that true? It actually is true. <laughs> All right. And uh, let's, let's pray for him. And I extend my prayer to you who are in Bentonville and headed that way as well. Mm. Well, Lord, uh, we thank you for our Bentonville congregants. Fellowship started in Bentonville mm-hmm. and we're going home. And I pray for this new church, this new campus to reach the city like never before. Lord, would you scale our impact and influence there? And I pray for, for Mark and the Bentonville staff team, and more importantly, the volunteer team, the spiritual leaders there, that you would use what they bring to you and that it would be pleasing to you. And Lord, we pray for Fellowship Rogers as well as we relaunch. Lord, would you reach the city of Springdale and Rogers through us. So Lord, blessings upon them and thank you for our partnership. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Hey, so in the foyer, we've got some opportunities to serve booths. We've got a Bentonville booth and a Rogers, Fellowship Rogers Springdale booth. Also, if you'd like prayer, the Campbells are in the prayer room. We'd love to pray for you. God bless you, Fellowship. Have a great week.